Welcome one and all to Red Voices. My name is Ewan. Thanks for stopping by. Goals! Flipping four of them. Rich is here with me to chat through United's comprehensive 4-0 defeat of Feyenoord at Old Trafford, which leaves us needing just a point away to Zoria to qualify for the last 32 in two weeks. And there's no way that could possibly go wrong. But possibly go wrong. Huh. That's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. Rich, how are you? I'm, I'm Chipper. I'm Chipper? chipper. Yeah. Wonderful. And what could possibly... What could be the reason for this Chipper? <laughs> I'm high on the... Uh... On the joy of seeing United finally cut loose on someone. Gosh, we did, didn't we? we that, did. that was uh, our biggest win under Mourinho so far. And didn't you look happy with it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. did he? I didn't really he had, notice. He had a big, he big happy of... smiley face at the end. Oh, good. Oh, I have to save that moment. That, that, that's, that's not something we've seen too often over the last few months now, is it? No, and maybe even Antonio Valencia was smiling. Well, that, that, that's, a, that's a collector's item right there. Good stuff. Yep. Yeah, it was, uh, let's be quite frank, that was a pretty darn good night, all told, wasn't it? It was. The first half was a bit frustrating. Um, obviously, we got got a really nice goal from Rooney, but I think some just some the first half up. Someone someone on Twitter said that um, United are masters at, at getting positions where they look look like they might just score, and that's that's kind of been the frustration this season. I think we've we've dominated games as we did again tonight, and not really turned our dominance into goals. And the first half was a bit a little bit frustrating. Obviously, we. We went in one at half time, but we came out in the second half, and the tempo was much higher, and we just really cut them to shreds in the end, which was very satisfying. Gosh, yes, you're correct with that assertion. I think uh, looking back to that lineup, there was one name in particular that stood out. Who could that <laughs> Henrik be? Mkhitaryan. Oh, well, oh yeah. gosh, gosh, who could it possibly be? Yes, that that would be uh, one Henrik Mkhitaryan, who we signed from the summer for between twenty-seven and thirty million pounds, making his second start for United since that move. And, gosh darn it, he was actually quite damn good, wasn't he? Well, he was. It's almost like we signed a good player there. It's, it's, it's almost like he's exactly the same player that, that, that did really, really well for Bristol Dorman last season. Scoring tons of goals and assisting and generally being technically brilliant. And and, and he was just that player. Yeah. How how important was he to United tonight? He was very important. I mean, when you looked at the lineup, you wonder where the, the pace was going to come from in attack. And obviously, final, we're going to sit deep and we're going to have to break them down. But... It looked a bit predictable, and you know what we needed from him tonight was a was a, a bit of trickery, the ability to beat players and and actually make things happen, which which ultimately is what he did. And I think he was really unlucky not to not to have a goal to to show for for you know probably the, I would have said he's probably the best player on the pitch. Yeah, Gosser again. Uh, I thought I completely. I get to a certain extent Mourinho's reasons for keeping him out, and there was a piece uh, by on the Telegraph by James Ducker this week saying that uh, Dortmund, uh, as a club, weren't necessarily surprised to see him struggle at United, knowing his temperament and knowing his personality. And tonight was definitely an occasion that Mkhitaryan needed to put in a good performance because we've seen from Mourinho that if he's not 100% sure of you as a player, if you don't impress him when you get handed a start, then I don't think it's quite as bad as going into Van Hal's off-mentioned dungeon but you can be out in the wilderness for a good couple of weeks after that if you don't impress him. But I think he did exactly what he needed to do tonight. He was strong, he was fast, he held the ball up really well, and he looked really dangerous, which is just excellent to see because that's not something we've seen from our wide players too much this season. No, and I think that the most pleasing thing in an attacking sense was the movement of the three attacking midfielders. Um, so, you know, essentially Mkhitaryan and Rooney and Mata um, interchanged um, quite regularly, Rooney Rooney's movement was excellent. Oh, 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 oh sorry, what? 
What? Say that again. I have to compliment Rooney tonight. I thought he played really well. He did, actually, didn't he? He did. Fair play to him. He did. And, you know, Mata, Mata drifts around the pitch. He doesn't have a, have a set position, in, even when he was sort of playing on the right-hand side. And and Mkhitaryan did the same. And, and you notice quite a lot, particularly in the second half, Ibrahimovic dropping deep and Mkhitaryan going beyond him into almost the centre-forward role. And it, it nearly came off a couple of times. And that movement is the thing that we've lacked so much. We've been so static. And there was a degree of it in the first half where... The, the front four were just really almost standing still and we've been so predictable so so easy to defend, defend against a lot of the season and so that that movement was really pleasing to see except hmm. for Zlatan oh you were not happy with Zlatan were you Zlatan drives me up the wall because <laughs> he he was absolutely hopeless first half again you know he just, just stood still he was losing 50-50 challenges he couldn't control the ball he goes missing for really long patches of, of some games. And then in the second half, when, when the opposition are tired and they're starting to, to creak, then suddenly he he comes alive. But whereas I think you can get away with that in, in, the, in the Europa League against someone like Feyenoord, I think it costs us in the Premier League sometimes. Because the Swansea game aside, where you know, it made a really big impact in the first half, I think he's, he's really struggled to to impose himself on games in the way that it's, it's really lazy and really easy to kind of compare it, compare him to a sort of Cantona type figure. But that's that's what he has hyped himself up to be. And he's been hyped up to be this sort of mercurial forward talent. But there was so mm. much substance to, to Cantona as well. And at the moment, I'm not entirely sure we get that from Zlatan. And then there's the obvious problem with his finishing, which, you know, again tonight, he missed a really guilt-edged chance. And... I just find him very frustrating. You know, he's clearly incredibly talented, but I just I'm not sure he fits perfectly into into, into with the with the players we have. And I think he got away <laughs> he got away with it tonight because the three players behind him moved so much that the movement and they were so so alive that him just standing still didn't hurt us too much. Um, no, I, th- I think it was interesting to gauge your reaction when I mentioned that Mourinho was talking about United. Uh, uh, exercising the right to extend his contract for another year, and uh, your reaction was FFS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying we shouldn't, but it seems quite early, and I'm not sure he's quite produced what it said on the tin yet. Mm, now, I-, I think goal scoring, the record isn't too bad. I think he could argue we have scored more, and I think the performances in terms of the quality could do with improving, and especially in particular tonight. Whilst, you know, the main reason that we got Zlatan was his goals. There's no getting around that. I think that if his all-round game, when he's not scoring, is poor, and to be fair, as we said, the first half in particular, it was not good. I think that that can certainly uh, cause a few issues for us. So I'll I'll be interested to see how that pans out with him getting that new contract, should it happen. It sounds like Mourinho is very keen to make that happen. Ibrahimovic himself, whilst he sort of played down the fact that he's already made a decision or the club have already made a decision. It was interesting to see that he was saying, yeah, pretty much if I feel like this, and yeah, that's what we'll do. But anyway, that, 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 he, <laughs> we're ragging on him a little bit. He did actually set up that first goal. Well, yeah, in the end, it was a relatively simple five-yard pass because the defender marking Rooney, should we say he, he fell over after the wind changed or something? He, I'm sure he wasn't clipped at all by Rooney. But anyway... Yeah, he kind of fell over. So I think he was, was disturbed by Ibrahimovic's ambiance. <clears throat> well, exactly. Yeah, he, he, yeah, he just ran into his false field. 
Yes, I mean, and the defenders were all backing off, and in the end, it was a relatively simple five-yard pass to Rooney, and really, the the, the brilliance of that goal was the, was the finish, you know, mm. which was a really nice, a really nice dinked finish over the keeper. Um, you know, Rooney d- deserved the goal for his his performance tonight. Absolutely, yeah, and that's uh, that he's you know United's top goal scorer in Europe out on his own, and he's uh, a performance like that will no doubt do his standing with Mourinho some good, and. You know, if, if he's going to play, it's it's always good to see him playing well like that. He was involved. I mean, he started out on the the left, isn't he? That was his initial starting position. And they let Matter play at least initially through the middle, which was very interesting to see. You know, Mourinho's really taken to old Juan in this new in this new team, which is absolutely brilliant to see. But then again, you know, as we as we mentioned, Rooney fully deserving of that goal. Played very very well. Used the ball exceptionally well. Very very well involved and looked energetic and maybe not well sprightly. But very, very effective. Yeah, and also on just on that point on Mata, you know, Mata has has made himself undroppable. Really, he's well, know, he's not made himself unsubstitutable. Well, no, not unsubstitutable because he, you know, those little teddy bear lungs just can't quite make it to ninety minutes. But you know, he certainly had playing the best football and the most consistent football he's played at United. I'm not sure, you know, perhaps it, it, in his time at Chelsea, he was incredibly productive. So. But certainly at United, he's he's become consistent. He's repeatedly affecting games. He's scoring goals. He's assisting goals, and you know that's really the player that we paid such a large amount of money for. I think he's done so well that the Mourinho couldn't possibly ignore him. No, I think you're right. I think uh, looking back in particular, based on how well we played that second half, there's a couple of things to pull out from that first half apart from that goal. As you mentioned, you know we we were we were very very good at moving the ball around, but we did struggle to create, and we also owe a debt to the uh, floppy Argentine who was in goal for us this evening, Sergio Romero, with an absolute wonder save from everyone's least favourite former Liverpool player, Dirk Kout. Gosh, what a flick! It turns out that De Gea isn't the only one with with go go gadget legs. That's true. Gosh, what I mean, Phil Jones, you know, getting done so tremendously down that right hand side. No, that was probably his only one blemish of the evening. Otherwise, I think he's come back in this side quite well. So a quick mention for Phil. Well done, Phil. You did better than we expected. But yeah, good grief. Uh, that was um, pretty much the only time in the game where Feyenoord really, really worried me. Yeah, I think the concern that we've had in in recent weeks because we've been punished a few times is that we get a lead or we're on top in a game and then we just fall asleep. We lose concentration and concede a goal and it's cost us. It's cost us a couple of times this season, so you know that was really the one moment where we fell asleep in the game, and that that's the only, that's the the only negative I would take from from what was an overwhelmingly positive game is that we do just yeah. seem to have that one moment in every game where we just switch off. Well, you think back to that first Feyenoord match at the very start of the group stages. I think they had one really really decent chance the entire game. We made a mistake, and I can't remember exactly what happened, but it was roughly on the similar lines, and they scored yeah. from it, and that was it, one nil down yeah I mean, it's, it's incredibly frustrating now that we've we've seen uh Fenerbahce and, and Feyenoord come to Old Trafford they're not very good that they're, they're not great size you know Feyenoord, Feyenoord have got a Villa reject and they brought on a guy who's essentially on doesn't unwanted at Watford and they've got Brad Jones and God they're not a good team and it really really frustrated me we went to the to the away game in Rotterdam and we played against them as if we should as if we needed to respect them because they were they were really good. You know, we sat back. We didn't take the initiative in that game. We just let them come at us. The one sort of negative from small negative from tonight is the fact that we really should have stuffed them. Well, not, or not stuffed. Them. We should have 
We should have beaten them away. Um, but we've we've done enough tonight. I think the important thing to do tonight was, as well was to make sure that we were head on the head to head in the group. I mean, it's it's relatively unlikely we'll finish on the same points as them. But mm. if we do, we now you know we now progress. So that that was important as well. Sure. I mean, that second half display, I think that, that that's arguably the, the most heartening aspect as well. You know, a couple of the bits and bobs really played well. Mkhitaryan played well. Um, you know, another some really good goals tonight as well. But yeah, the second half performance, we just took the game to them and we didn't really let it go until the result was assured. And that's something that we struggled to do on occasions this turn. It definitely helped that final sat back so deep and essentially allowed us to play to a certain extent because that gave the likes of Pogba... Mkhitaryan in particular who had you know he, he just seemed to love running at them and there, there was a couple of occasions where he just thought we're going to see his perhaps lack of strength here or his lack of physicality and he might get knocked off the ball but he just kept on going you know several occasions where he was running lost the ball and then won it back very very quickly and United were able to keep on attacking which is always encouraging to see and then that second goal you know Rooney with that no look pass and the matter sliding into the tap-in lovely lovely goal yeah, it really was. Again, Rooney looked so much sharper than than he has at many points in the last in the last three years. Nine out of ten times, any player from in that position would have a shot, but he had the presence of mind to pull it back, and and Mata had an easy finish. It, you know, again, it, it it was it was Rooney's goal again. It was his his bit of excellence that created it. I did find the the funny slash frustrating thing about BT Sports coverage tonight was that they Jake Humphrey saying at the end, all right, well, I think you know, we can stop talking about Rooney's off the field antics. They literally mentioned it about 20 times yeah, yeah. all night. They couldn't stop bloody talking about it. Their, their coverage is very difficult to watch for a number of reasons. Rob, Robbie Savage is, he just seems desperate for United to fail. Um, he, was, he was absolutely insistent that Rooney's goal was offside when really wasn't and just a number of times he, he seems to be looking for reasons to have a dig I just just going back to what you were saying about Mkhitaryan you know I think we should we should mention that run where he beat three or four players and he, he was through on goal and, and brought down I think that was at 1-0 I'm not sure a tier of professional foul you'll ever see but the uh, the referee seemed to disagree but that you know that that was indicative he seemed to be playing with real confidence and he you know he took took the four of them on with he's got pace He's got a bit of power, a bit of acceleration. He's really good on the ball, and and that's something we've missed this season. So that was that was another bit of heart, heartening passage of play. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not necessarily sure we're going to see him again on Sunday afternoon against West Ham, but I would bet we would see him on Wednesday night in the uh, quarterfinal game in the EFL Cup against them. Mourinho has been very, very careful not to drop him into. Uh, games that he deems as intense in the Premier League mm. so I'm not necessarily sure we'll see him at the weekend you know he's played in uh, two Europa League games now since that uh, rather difficult game uh, against City in the derby back in September so we'll see but yeah very very encouraging night from him and yeah that night eventually just petered out into a very very comfortable performance all round you know uh, Brad Jones with that wonderful uh, own goal in front of the East End from Zlatan just running down the wing there and trying to cut back and Jesse's really really nice goal towards the end there was some very very nice quick passing down that side between him and Rashford and Memphis who came on and had a you know relatively all right sort of five ten minute cameo and yeah lovely lovely fourth goal to finish it off I think the key to that second half was was the tempo that we started it at and you you saw by the last 20-25 minutes that Feyenoord just ran out of legs because they'd been chasing shadows for you know 20-25 minutes after half time by the end, they were just 
they were just blowing and we could have scored you know we could have scored three or you know three or four more from where we were so i mean and, and that was pleasing we you know we brought on the fresh legs and they they just didn't have a, an answer to it you know there's plenty of fortune about brad jones's own goal but um jesse lingard's finish was a really high class finish on his left foot you know on, on his bad foot only only tempered by absolutely appalling dance routine that he did with Pogba afterwards. <laughs> appalling? Yeah. Get out. Appalling. Oh, I like them though, because I was annoyed when BT Sport cut away. I wanted to see what they were going to do. There is a there is a gif of it somewhere on, on Twitter. It's 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 yeah. really rubbish. It's, it's as rubbish as, uh, as the, All as right, the old Ince, man. as Shut the Ince Geeks combo that, that they used to do, which was, oh, which was right. equally ridiculous. I did very much like Lingard and Rashford's ha- handshake just at the end. You know, Lingard doing you know very up handshake, good game, good game, and then suddenly Rashford you know, he bust out this incredible hand tapping, shoulder bashing stuff. It was incredible. I quite like that. I, I can go with the handshake. It's just the uh, they, they they did a bit of a dance. It was it was a bit strange. You'll have to, you'll have to watch it. I'm sure people. Who I've, I've, it, but... I've seen it already, my friend. It uh, was a thing of beauty. Okay. We'll have to agree to disagree on that because I'm middle aged and just let me let, me... let the youngers enjoy themselves, Rich. Fair just enough. let them enjoy. Just let them have fun. Fair enough. They're going to score goals like that. I think they're allowed to do whatever the hell they like. Pogba can do whatever the hell he likes at the moment because I think he's being he's playing extremely well. He is, isn't he? What did you make of him tonight? He didn't have as much influence as the uh, as, the, as the Arsenal game or the or the Swansea game, but but he just he's just a different class in in midfield. You know, he's he's so he's so quick on the ball. He's got He's got skill, and it's it's that turn of pace that just takes takes him away from midfielders, and it's that breaking from midfield that we've not had for such a long time. You know, he, he can pick the ball. He's doing a lot of that tonight, forward. wasn't he? It was really good to see. He was, and it just moves us so far up the pitch so much quicker. We're so used to watching um, Van Hal's team, which which gets the ball at the back and just slowly, you know, <clears throat> slowly sideways passes its way to the edge of the other team's penalty area, taking about two minutes to get there. And by that time, you know, the frustration last season was always that by the time we got to the other end of the pitch, the other team were defensively set. They had they had ten men behind the ball and they were compact and we couldn't get through them. And Pogba gives us that ability to break quickly up the pitch. And obviously, as a result, the defensive team aren't as organised and they haven't got as many players back. He's just he's just we, we used to have six, seven, eight players of the quality of Pogba, and I think we forgot what seeing players of genuine class looks like and he is he is that that is the level of player that we need to be aspiring to having in six you know five six seven positions on the pitch and if if nothing came of Mourinho's time at United we would have Pogba in it he is he's such a good player I just I love I love I love the Pog yeah you like the Poggles do you as my friend Francis calls him I think some of that some of the early criticism was ridiculous I don't even think he was playing that badly um but there just seemed to be ridiculous expectations of you know the kind of stats. It all seemed to be based around assists and goals as to rather than actually what he was doing in games. And, and frankly, well, it's all the price tag, isn't it? I mean, well, it is, yeah. I get it. You know, it's eighty nine million quid. You know, you expect him to hit the ground running to be fantastic, but he's not playing up front. You know, he's not playing in a sort in a Gareth Bale, Ronaldo, Messi role. So obviously, it's going to be a bit more difficult for him because he's got to do a lot of the legwork, and he's again fitting into the side. You know, as, as was mentioned is in flux. So, of course, it's going to be a bit more difficult for him to adjust. Plus, he's, he's just been playing in Serie A for uh, three, four years. So, yeah, absolutely. Give, give him a little space to adjust. He is clearly an incredibly talented player. And 
watching him again tonight, you're reminded just why we've not necessarily, I mean, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not going to say he he justified the price tag in one fell sweep against Feyenoord. But again, it was a really good reminder in, in case you needed one, because I'm sure you, most of us didn't at this stage, that he is a very, very good footballer and he is going to make United better the better he gets. Yeah, well, people talk about the price tag and I understand that, that being the most expensive player in history comes with a certain amount of um, pressure and publicity. But player, in, in terms of in monetary terms, a player is worth what they're worth to a club, and what a club can afford. You know, United have bought a really terrific player for a fee that they feel they can afford and they can justify. You know, the fee the fee is now gone. It's just what Pogba does on the pitch. And I don't think mm. he could be contributing much more than he is at the moment. You know, he has been a tad let down in past in in, in previous games by people just not finishing off the things he does. So I, I think he's actually playing very very well. And the fact that he's not scoring or assisting every game isn't necessarily a, a call you should make a judgment on. It's it's about his overall game and the difference between watching watching Tom Cleverley or God I don't know. You know, just from the midfield we had the. The midfield we have now, we're absolutely light years ahead. No, that, that's very encouraging. We, we won't uh, talk too much about the West Ham game because we'll be tacking on the uh, second half of this week's podcast on to the end of this one. So let's have a look forward to uh, the last game of the group stages against Zoria Luhansk. So just a quick mental totting up of our away games. United haven't won away in, let's see, seven European games, I make it. Or, yeah, I think the best result we've gotten in that time was a one-all draw uh, away to CSK Moscow. So, what are your feelings ahead of the last game of the group stages? Because a draw is enough for United to go through. I think if we win uh, and and, uh, final get a result, then we top the group, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, my my feelings are that um, I watched... Had to, I, I sat and watched United lose to FC Gittin last year, and thus I, I take nothing for granted away from home in Europe against anybody ever again. Ever again, but you know we're playing away against the team who aren't even playing in their own stadium. They're playing hundreds and hundreds of miles away. I don't know how many fans there will be there. You know, it's a, it's a long trip. And in the in the first game, we were at United played really poorly, and if if Zoya had any quality at all, they could have actually got something out of that game, but they don't. And we should be winning there. We really should. Mm, should be in the massive <laughs> operative word there. I can't. I can't. It, logic says we we shouldn't. We really shouldn't lose that game. But we're so bad away from home in Europe. I just can't take it for granted. No, absolutely. I'd agree with that. Anyway, Rich, we'll catch up three nights from now to discuss the West Ham game, and that's going to start right about. <laughs> God damn it, Rich! <laughs> right. Oh, good grief. What is... I'm so thoroughly despondent after that game, I haven't even bothered to write out an opening spiel. So for the purposes of continuity, hello, ladies and gentlemen, it's Sunday night. You know, I've drawn one all with West Ham. And to say that we are unhappy is the understatement of 2016. We're both, we're both sat in corners rocking and sucking our thumbs. Hit me with your best shot, Richard Can. What happened today? Okie dokie. Where to start? Okay, I think there comes a point in any season where you have to accept that it's not your your form, your team's inconsistencies are not down to to luck or to misfortune or to you know kind of just the transition period. We've we've sat and watched the fourth home game in a row 
where we've essentially made exactly the same mistakes every single game and the problems that we have are endemic in almost you know in almost all of our performances the frustration there's so many frustrations that i don't even know where to start but but ultimately we don't finish our chances and we don't concentrate at the back for 90 minutes and uh, you know we can go into these things in more depth but the consistency of of team selection is is baffling because there isn't any you know Mourinho doesn't seem to have a clue what his best team is players come and go some some play every game some have a couple of games play poorly and disappear again as Anthony Martial has and I don't understand what we're doing I think we've got to, got to accept now that the, the problems we've been having are not luck it's not down to vagaries of form or whatever keepers aren't having suddenly having world-class games against us every time one comes to Old Trafford it's more it's more fundamental than that so I'll dump that sort of on you and you you pick it up <laughs> oh Go. well thanks mate <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I I absolutely adore Andy Herrera. That's news to no one that has ever spoken to me about United. But I find it really, really difficult to take on board his post-match interview with MUTV and just saying, you know, well, I don't understand how this is going wrong. The fourth time this season it's happened at home in a row, and we're drawing. It's it's not down to a lack of luck. It's not down to. I don't necessarily. I know. I know what it's. I know what it's down to. We are, we are really, really struggling in front of goal. You know, it's been a problem that has been going on for weeks now, weeks and weeks and weeks. And especially in these games in the league, it still doesn't take much to knock this United team off their stride. You know, and in particular today with uh, Shaka's early goal, you just looked at that and started thinking immediately. Oh gosh, well, how on earth are we going to respond to this? You knew that that was immediately going to put put us on the back foot. You knew that West Ham's tails were going to be up, and after that, it was going to be pretty much backs to the wall for the rest of the game. And for the most part, that's exactly how it turned out. Teams have been given a template to how to play against us at Old Trafford over the last five or six weeks or so. They are sticking to it well. They are defending in numbers. Keepers are, you know, doing pretty well, but not having to pull out absolutely world class saves to actually keep us out. We are peppering their goals with shots. We are making at sometimes strange substitutions that sap our flow. And I don't think you can point to these results now, this pattern that has clearly emerged, and say that it is a lack of luck. Because it's not down to a lack of luck. We're just not good enough at the minute. If you look at it, one of the one of the most notable things today, and it's something that quite a few people pointed out before before the game, on Thursday night, or about five minutes ago in this podcast, we're, we're talking about how um, Mkhitaryan, Mata and, and Rooney all played as really sort of floating attacking midfielders against final, And they, they they interchanged and their movement was so good that the, 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 the Dutch defenders didn't know where they were. They couldn't mark them properly because, because they're, they're interchanging all the time. And it's the first time we've seen that in quite a long time and it, the balance was so good in that in that performance. And then we come back to the league where we have to win as much as we needed to win on Thursday. Mkhitaryan's had a great game. Rooney's come back and probably had his best game of the season. And so that they, you know they're finding some sort of form. And then both is, both are dropped. And brought back in Marcus Rashford on the left, who has shown really not shown anything this season to suggest that he can be an effective left winger or left side of attacker at, at you know, a reasonably high level. It just 
it just doesn't suit, he's not quite right there. It just doesn't suit his game. Not, and he's, in, he's clearly struggling with his form as well. And on the other side, you've got Jesse Lingard, who he's an intelligent football, footballer, but he's incredibly limited. You know, he's not incredibly quick. He's not incredibly technical. He, he's not a particularly consistent finisher. His, his attributes are really his mind and his movement, but he's not a top-level footballer. And he's not ever going to be a top-level footballer. And if you've got Rashford on one side, who can't give you proper wing play, and you've got Lingard on the other, who can't play as a proper winger either, you've got no width, and you know all of that. All of that front three, um, take a matter aside, ha- have struggled in front of goal when they've played recently. And they've just struggled in the roles that they're supposed to be playing. I cannot see the logic in two players who haven't played very well for a while having really good performances and immediately dropping them again. And you've got someone like Anthony Martial, who we know how talented he is. He's obviously struggling, and we think he probably has personal issues as well. But Mourinho just seems to have decided, and you can see from his comments this week as well, he just seems to have decided that Martial isn't up to it at the moment, and so he's frozen him out. And yet, and we don't know exactly what's happened behind the scenes, but there are too many players that he's doing this to. If that were me, you play Martial into form. Because he's brilliant, you know he can score goals. Sorry, you. you no, I mean, I understood the lineup to a certain extent. Um, one of uh, the former heads of physio at uh, Liverpool tweeted uh, after a loser Kwonga early on, just saying that because Mkhitaryan's not played a lot of football, having played over eighty minutes three days ago, his performance level would, you know, potentially have dropped a little bit and be a bit high risk for injury. I understood that completely. I didn't. I wasn't expecting Mkhitaryan to start today anyway. Rooney, I mean, I can kind of understand why he didn't start as well because he still needs to play himself into Mourinho's starting 11 at the moment for the big well sorry any sort of league game at the moment especially if he's got matter available but yeah I completely agree with you on Rashford Lingard is good but again I would argue that we've got better options on that right hand side it's just difficult and it's dispiriting to be back in this place at the minute and it's it's you sort of the thinking about today, you're sort of struggling to organise everything because we've just we've done this episode too many times already this season, and we we're coming off the back of Van Hal's second season, which, as we all know, was far from perfect, even though it might have ended on something of a high note, and it just feels like we are repeating, maybe not similar patterns, but patterns that are deeply, deeply uncomfortable and arguably shouldn't really be happening. We shouldn't be seeing this happen over and over again. But yeah, talk to me about the effect of that Sacco goal. Um, that was uh, Jesse Lingard's foul. Pyatt clipped in. Could Zlatan have done more? Yes. He lost his man. One of the frustrations in, in recent games, it's not every game, but certainly several games, he, he doesn't seem to be at it in the first half. His first half against Feyenoord was just baffling. You know, again, it, it was just, it was horrible. And and he just wasn't switched on to that free kick today. He was he just wasn't there. Um and given how brittle our confidence is, to go behind after ninety seconds is just you know, was was a really difficult a really difficult blow. Yeah. The one thing I can say about it, I was really satisfied to see United get a goal back relatively quickly. You know, it was twenty minutes later. Yeah. Superb, superb cross from Pogba to pick out Slatan's run. Wonderful goal, and to be fair, we did deserve it. And again, you could arguably have looked at how that second, how that first half ended, the chances we had, beautiful sweeping move to set Lingard up, just towards the end of the half, one <laughs> several chances that we passed up in that game, 
And you sort of thought, well, to be fair, on the balance of play and the chances created, we probably deserve to be up. But as we've seen so often this season already, uh, saying we should be up uh, and actually being in the lead are two very, 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 very different things. Given that we went behind in 90 seconds, we should have been 3-1 up at half-time comfortably. You know, Rashford was keen through as well. Ibrahimovic had the chance where I think it was, was it Ogbonna who got across yeah, to, to block it? And he just, he just took too he just took too long to get it out of his feet and you know this is a frustration with Zlatan for me with his head he's been very effective this season and Pogba's you know I feel very sorry for Pogba because Pogba is doing the work of two midfielders Mm. at the moment you know his his performance levels have been terrific in the last few weeks and and he finally got some reward from somebody for for something he he did and the, you know the pass was so brilliant that if you know Saturn it made a good run, but if he'd have missed that, it would have been an atrocious miss. Here's a question for you, Rich: How much did we miss character, though? A lot. Ultimately, again, finishing cost us, but we had less control on that game, particularly in the second half, than we did uh, than we have in the last in the last few games. And I think that's down to Carrick because he he gives us calmness on the ball going forward, and he he shields the back four pretty well, and we just have more control. And the second half today was particularly kind of health skelter wasn't it you know West Ham could have scored themselves um, and we just didn't have any control over the game at that point but you know how, how have we got ourselves in a situation where we need a 35 year old or you know our performance levels you know or our control of a game falls apart I mean you know what are we doing it's so frustrating I mean we're talking about um, we've spoken about Lingard and, and Rashford and Martial and Mkhitaryan and Rooney but the same the same kind of thing applies at the back as well I don't think... Basically, Mourinho's got six players who he clearly trusts. De Gea, Valencia, Pogba, Herrera, Mata, and Ibrahimovic. And, th- and those six, he plays every game, if he can. He just flogs them. He'll flog them every game all season. Or, you know, almost every game. He's playing them in every competition when they're fit and available. And then you've got... We've got three at the back. We've got we've lost Bailey, which is a blow. Smalling, you know, hasn't had, wasn't having a particularly good season before he got injured, but... Daily Blint, Luke Shaw, Matteo Darmian, Marcus Rocco in particular, those four just seem to rotate. Um and there's no there's no consistency of, of pairings at the back, again, because ev- because everyone's just changing all the time. Mm, no, I'd agree. I th- I think there's there's definitely some issues with how Mourinho is setting out this side on a couple of occasions. I mean, I am I wouldn't say a massive fan of Darmian, but I like him. But I'm I'm sorry at left back. It's just it's not really working well at all. You know, he's not enough of an attacking presence when he works on that flank in particular in order to justify his selection. And you know, I, I did feel a little bit sorry for Luke Shaw that he wasn't involved today. I mean, Carrick's absence today. I mean, you know, thinking back to you know over that that flippant time about an hour before kickoff when we noticed Bastian Schweinsteiger's name on the team sheet because Carrick had a, had yeah, a oh yeah. gosh, it's happy days. Simple. It was a simpler time that Rich. I very much want to go back to those it days. Was. Oh, but then it's decisions like taking Mata off and then bringing Fellaini on, and you know again Mata hooked off when United are, you know are needing a source of inspiration or needing to get a goal from somewhere. It just doesn't quite make sense to me. As soon as Mata came off, our attacking play for the most part didn't look anywhere near as good. And when Fellaini came on for the last ten minutes, it went completely out of the window. It's just it's dispiriting to watch us go through this, especially when we know we need a goal. Because I understand these are plan B and plan C. And if you do, you only do that if plan A isn't working correctly. And to be fair, at that point when Mata came off, it was 1-1. 
We were still looking for that goal, but we were still creating chances. After that, our chance creation seemed to go down completely, and the fluidity of our play just went completely out the window. Yeah, it did. There's so much that's baffling. I mean, going back to team selection again, it seems to me at the moment that Mourinho's spending so much of his time trying to punish players that he's not, he's thinking more about punishing the ones that that aren't at the standard he thinks they should be than actually finding you know than, than other than getting others to perform better. You know, Luke Shaw gets punished, Martial gets punished, players just coming in and out of the team. You know, Morgan Schneiderlin hasn't really done anything. He hasn't had a chance to do anything. And we've had other players play particularly badly. And, you know, I can't even, I can't even see the logic in at least not giving, even giving Memphis to pay a, a start on the wing ahead of Rashford or Lingard. You just, just, we're just, we're just banging our head up against the wall. We had the same front six today as we did against Burnley. If you just repeat the same things again, it's hoping them to ch- hoping they'll change. The old, the old saying that's the that's a sign of you know madness. <laughs> yeah, I mean this that was the same front six versus uh, I think it was mentioned it was Burnley, Stoke, and now West Ham. You know, there's the three teams yeah. who have had relatively similar seasons for the most part, at least not too far away, and we have struggled to break down all three. So. Yeah, I understand you know a couple of reasons as to why some players didn't play, but I'm not necessarily sure what Mourinho thought he was going to get out of that front six. And that's that's me looking at it now in retrospect, thinking back to trying to give the team a chance and thinking actually that looks all right because I openly said that on the Twitter account. You know, I said that looks like an attacking team. This could go quite well. But again, you know, we talk back to Carrick. His loss was gigantic because it arguably meant that Pogba and Herrera were sat back a little bit deeper. <sighs> Oh gosh, it's just so uncomfortable at the moment, Rich. Make me feel better, please. I can't. I mean, think about think about our expectations at the start of the season. Mourinho comes in, he spent hundred and fifty million pounds, he's bought well, three three very high profile players and um a real gem in, in Bailey. And we win our first three games and there was an expectation. Bearing in mind we finished fourth last season fifth beg your pardon, fifth last season. There was an expectation that we'd at least be in and around the the top group in the in the league. And to think in November, November, the title is just gone. It's a, it's laughable that we that we'd be anywhere near the title. Frankly, the top four teams are somewhere ahead of us in ability and and as teams and in form. It, you, there's no way this team's making top four. And I said this on uh, on Twitter yesterday before the game, and and you got a, an element of outrage, and people were saying, "Well, look." six points to Arsenal and there's, there's all these games left and, and there's some logic to that but 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 blind optimism doesn't get you anywhere we can see the failings in 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 the side every single week or the failings in what's happening within the squad and the side every, you know almost every week we've won two league games in in 10 which is the same number that Sunderland have won and those two those two those two games were at Swansea who are generally a shambles absolute shambles of a team in the club regardless of their win. This is the opposite of making Saturday. me feel better, by the way. Swansea, who hadn't won since the first game of the season, and Leicester, who haven't, who have the worst away form in the Premier League, haven't won an away game all season, have less points away from home than any other team in the Premier League. They're the only two teams that we've beaten in the league since we beat Hull with that last-minute goal in August. I think Mourinho's got off the hook a little bit because we've, we've had a couple of wins in the League Cup. And we've obviously had three wins in the Europa League, despite being an absolute shambles in both of our away games against pretty average teams. If we go back to the start of the season and we, we could see ahead now, 
this season has been a disaster to this point compared to where our expectations were and compared to where we should be. And it's fine saying, oh, we've been so close, we could be 10 points better off. But if my auntie had balls, <laughs> if, we had a, if, we, if, if we had a striker, if we had a striker who could finish. What metaphor is that? I've never heard that before. <laughs> it's deeply disturbing. All right, okay. If so we, rich, if we could rich. finish, we'd be 10 points better off. That's true. But we can't. That, that, that's true. Okay, so taking your uh, negativity pants off for a second and pulling on your comforting cotton wool uh, positivity trousers, let's uh, think a little bit more laterally about it. What can change? What can we see improving over the next couple of months to give this season a little bit of a shine? Basically, what can United do to turn this around? I think... Mourinho has to look at his squad, see who his best players are, talent-wise, not form-wise, talent-wise, in, in, in which positions they play best, and play them, and just play them for a few games. Play Mkhitaryan, play Anthony Martial, play Mata or Rooney or whoever. Don't just pick Zlatan because he's there, because he's not doing it. He's not doing enough in that position. He's not finishing the chances. Pick a back four that, that are fit, and just trust them for a few games. And just just let the team settle for a few games and see what happens. If after four or five games, certain players aren't performing or it's not working, then give them a break. But he can't say, I need to rest these players because it's really hard playing on Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday. And then just flog his favourite six or five every single game regardless. You know, he either play, play your best team. One of the things that Mourinho used to do at Chelsea particularly in the, the recent title winning season, was he played the same players every week. He had a team and he trusted them and he played the, as many of them as he could every single week. And they formed a unit. And this, this, this United team is not a unit. It's not functioning. And, and players aren't forming relationships. There's no consistency of selection. Pick your best players and play them. So four, five, six games in a row and see what happens. That's my answer. But I don't think he will. That <laughs> wasn't necessarily an answer. Well, in the program, in the program this week, today, he said something which I think Ed from United Rant suggested. He said that's very Moyes, and he basically said, "The luck's been against us. We just have to keep doing what we're doing now and hope it changes." That is Moyes. That that is Moyes. If Moyes had said that for Sunderland, we'd be mocking him. And just like the Fellaini substitution, which we'd have been mocking Moyes for as well, an LVG, we have to mock Mourinho for that, and we have to we have to mock him for saying things like that. Because we have to have consistency. No, I think you're right there. I think we have to be consistent with our criticism. And yeah, if Moyes or Van Gaal had made that substitution for Lady 10 minutes on and it impacted the team so badly as it did today, then we would be desperately disappointed and we'd be critical. And I think it's only fair to be doing the same thing today. I am still nowhere near the, the process of actually thinking all right, Mourinho's days are numbered because we just can't no, no, keep doing it. No, 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 I'm glad we're on the same no. page there. I mean, to be fair, I've, I've seen very, very few people thinking that because, you know, we're all very well aware that Mourinho is only six months into this job and there have been factors working against him that certainly haven't helped. I mean, to be fair, one, you know, while we're on the subject of factors working against him, he's got to stop working against himself. Sent to the stands again today. For that to have happened for the second time in, what is that? Oh, three league home games? It's just daft. He's got to try and keep his cool. He's not doing himself or the team any favours. I understand if it was a ploy to try and take some of the attention away from an acquiring team, 
but I'm not necessarily sure that is helping because they need him on the touchline. He's not much good to them up in the stands. And at this stage, I think this calls for a calmness and more clarity than I think the players and the manager are actually providing. I think that there's still a desperate desire for United to do well. And you can see that from the way that, you know, enough of the players are going about their business. But I'm still concerned that there isn't, you know, and it's been mentioned today on several times, but there is a lack of identity. There does seem to be a certain lack of a plan. You know, there is certainly a solid attacking basis to United's play now, but I'm still not sure where it's going. As we're saying about about punishing players, he seems to be managing United angry rather than smart, rather than managing as smart. So, you know, he's angry on the touchline. He's he's he seems to be angry in his team selections. He's punishing players. He's punishing water bottles. <laughs> you know, and ultimately he's punishing himself because, as you say, he has been sent to the stands again. He'll be punished for that again. He'll have to sit in the stands probably for another game, not be on the touchline, which punishes the team as well. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of pressure on him, but he just seems to be, I don't, he just, he just seems to be managing angry. And you can't be logical if you manage angry. You know, we know that we know this group of players is not, you know, not good enough, I think, to be winning a title. And nobody expects United to be, you know, to winning the title, to be winning the title this season. But they're clearly a lot better than they are. And you have to feel that there are some players that have improved, you know, Herrera's improved, Valencia's improved, um, Matter certainly improved. But there are an awful lot that he seems to be dragging down with him. You know, he's dra- he's dragging Shaw down. He's dragging Martial down. He's he's dragging Rashford down by flogging him on the left wing when he's not playing well and when he's it's clearly not working. He's got to change the way he's approaching the job. And like you know, I don't know how we I don't know how he gets to that that place. But at the moment, you know, we're in an absolute mess. It's a mess, and we're at the point now where I think we just have to stop thinking about the league table and just think about trying to win the next match. And that is what you do when you're really in the shit. You, know, you stop. Th- you stop thinking about the table. I don't. I don't even look at the league table because it's pointless. Because we're not. In, we're not involved at the top, and we're not going to be. We no. just need to w- work out how we start winning games consistently again. We haven't won two league games in a row since August. It's and part of that has got to be the chopping and changing all the time. And the Europa League is certainly a factor. Don't get me wrong. You know those trips are clearly an issue, but. But that's not why we haven't we've only won two games in ten. I'm not necessarily sure we can even call upon it in this instance either, because We're since we come back from the, yeah, well, well, we, we've this is our what it's our third game in the space of eight days at home. There's been no travel involved, and we've won one of them comprehensively. Should you know played relatively well in the other two, and should have won, but failed to. You know, it, it's becoming a very very worrying and deeply uncomfortable pattern and it's one that Mourinho really needs to, to figure out soon and I think you're right I think we do need to stop thinking about the league table because as far I mean whilst there was all there was a glimmer of hope before this game that we'd still be involved in the title picture later on in the year I, I think we've now got to be realistic and say that's gone now you know even if we are somehow able to get some results together the teams above us are not all going to be all going to drop their form off that drastically to allow us back into title picture that's gone so it's just a case now of trying to push ourselves a bit further up to the table to the top four or failing that, making a proper assault of the Europa League. And I think Mourinho's got to try and prioritise that competition a little bit more than he has done because if we're talking about getting back into Champions League, right now you'd say the Europa League's our best option. And it's crazy that it's come to that already, but unfortunately that's the situation we're in at the minute. We've got one more game 
uh, before we're back on league duty, which is happening at Old Trafford on Wednesday night in the uh, the EFL Cup. How do you see that going? Oh, I've no idea. It depends on what teams are picked. You know whether West Ham decide to take it seriously or not. I suspect they've they've still got other priorities with the uh, the stuff. You know they are wretched and just hovering above the relegation zone. So you know clearly the league for them is is the priority. Hmm. If they if they turn up with some stiffs, you know with the stiffs, then whatever group of players we put out should just about beat them. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Mourinho chuck out. Pogba and Zlatan and Mata and well, Valencia. Well, uh, suspended anyway. <clears throat> Has he suspended? Yes, he did. Well, he, that the whole situation, the whole thing that led to uh, Pogba getting booked was him going over a little bit dramatically right in front of the referee after Mark Noble didn't yeah. actually touch him. So, uh, yeah, technically we can blame Paul Pogba for getting uh, Mourinho sent off, but there we go. Rich, we'll, we'll leave it there, I think, for, for this week. I think, I think we, we, we've been through enough. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Don't forget, you can always grab us on Twitter at AdRedVoicesNUFC. You can get Rich at at RichardCan76, me at at Ewan Lennett, and you can also get our blog at RedVoicesNUFC.wordpress.com. Thank you again for your company. Have a cracking week. We'll be back with you soon. Cheerio. And breathe. 